Hello, and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 94. I'm your host, Cameron Shustar, and with me is... James Seelig. Dude, today is Sunday, April 11th, and James, you, uh, you feeling okay? Uh, I mean, better than some people after they get their second COVID shot. At least I'm not, like, completely bedridden or anything, but I definitely feel like I got kind of a cold or whatever. Like, I'm a little bit shivery, my skin's a little bit sensitive, uh... I'm a little tired, but so if I'm like not super energetic or responding to everything you say in this episode, that that would be why. Uh, Doing yeah. a, we were gonna do a weekend at Bernie's episode potentially. This yeah. is the... <laughs> uh, so it could, it could be worse. Like some people have told me that they're just like, yeah, my bones felt like they were on fire, and I was like, oh, fun. <laughs> but dude, you got you got the second dose, man. Yeah, You're... so I'll be completely safe supposedly in like two weeks awesome yeah congratulations man feels good well not right now but it will <laughs> <laughs> that's not to say oh, you don't look like you feel good yeah. man. uh I, i'm gonna be officially getting my vaccine this uh i already forgot it's either tuesday or wednesday oh, i so think you, it's um you finally got an appointment i got an appointment which it's nice. funny because i was the last i've i honestly have been the last one like everyone else has gotten uh appointments it feels like except for me like i've been waiting for so long now but uh yeah it is what day is the 14th is that uh wednesday yeah so wednesday at 8 a.m i'm gonna go get mine and i'm just like the only thing when i was signing up because they had multiple they actually had pretty much slots all throughout that day i was like man i don't want to do that early and everyone's like you should probably do the, the earlier the better it's just you know yeah better to uh, knock it out i think chris had his appointment earlier in the morning and he said he was like in and out no problem there was like no lines at all yeah so i'm doing that i'm just like man i gotta wake up and do that but uh i'm, I'm gonna go out and get breakfast as a celebration yeah. for the first part and it's a, it's gonna be two dosed uh, it's it's uh the place i'm going to it's they, they don't say which one but it just said two dose so it's either probably gonna be moderna or pfizer i'm uh. just not sure which one yet but yeah it's finally finally happening nice that means that the minute i get i'm like yeah i can do anything to start licking the those doorknobs i've been talking about man finally back at it again just uh yeah. right up the escalator and just tongue out the whole time you know see no one understands the taste of freedom <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly which is the taste uh, of i guess escalator uh handrails it's 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 about the little things really guys it's all it's all about the little things yeah. but of course this is sutra side talk this is our weekly show where we talk about uh game movie tv show news and we'll also if we got time for it uh talk about what we've been playing and watching which i gotta say i think this is gonna be one of those weeks where we can do that yeah there's and, not too much to talk about although a couple yeah. big things at least that i got some opinions on yeah, we definitely, uh, I think that's why it's going to be the last, most likely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we got some interesting stuff to talk about for sure. But, you know, uh, we're still changing things up a bit. Like I said, uh, last, if you were here last episode, uh, we did a much more uh, time-oriented format where we timed our topics. So we had limited time each time, uh, same time, so many times, uh, like five minutes per topic about, and then we would, uh, for the longer ones, give it a little bit more this week around we're going to be continuing that even though we have a lot less it's not two weeks worth 
we're going to do five minutes per topic. And then for the bigger ones, we'll do around 10 minutes, yeah. maybe a little bit over if it's really big. But otherwise, uh, it should give us much time, a good amount of time, I would say, to then knock out a few other things to talk about, which is nice. And sure. hopefully make it maybe, like I said, like we're keeping it up to an hour and a half at the most now, uh, just to better value your time. Uh, in terms of like listening each week and stuff. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, if you have anything to say, though, uh, you can always write in at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. Send us any feedback, whether you like this or not. Uh, if you have any questions, though, of course, you could always send that and we can read it on the show. But any of that stuff is always more than welcome. Uh, but with that said, we can go ahead and dive into the news. We got about five different uh, movie TV show uh, topics and then two gaming topics so we'll go ahead and jump into the movie tv news starting with uh more borderlands news james so you know uh for the, i'm not sure how many episodes now we've actually been talking about borderlands quite a bit uh mainly just all the casting for this yeah. upcoming movie that's being directed by eli roth and we officially got the plot synopsis now so it's interesting because, you know, I thought, OK, they're going to keep telling us more of the cast because, you know, you got Lilith, you got uh, Roland and for some reason, like Krieg and Tiny Tina and stuff. And you're like, oh, OK, that's yeah, weird. So, we'll you know, we'll get Mordecai, we'll get Brick, we'll get maybe like Maya and Salvador and Zero and the others from like Borderlands 1 and 2. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is uh, the official. uh synopsis here yeah i just i remember someone one of the podcasts i listened to uh mentioned the plot to this movie and i think i was driving at the time so i i didn't really get the plot synopsis super like hard but i just remember the the person commenting saying it like that doesn't really sound like borderlands but whatever yeah all right i found it i was looking at the wrong article uh, so this is from, I just pulled up Lion, Lionsgate's uh, synopsis here. So, of course, the film studio Lionsgate. Uh, two-time Academy Award winner Kate Blanchett teams up with uh, Kevin Hart and director Eli Roth's Borderlands. Lilith, played by Blanchett, an infamous outlaw with a mysterious past, reluctantly returns to her home planet of Pandora to find the missing daughter of the universe's most powerful SOB, at last, played by uh, Ramirez. Oh, right. uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, Edgar Ramirez will be playing Atlas, who, you know, if you play the game, Atlas is one of the gun manufacturers. Yeah. And apparently he's probably the CEO of that company then. Well, it's weird is you never actually meet that person. You just like, it's just a brand in the game. So it's yeah. I guess, weird that they're. And they're not even going with Hyperion, which literally was in the game with Handsome Jack. Well, each, you know, there's so many different weapon manufacturers and you do meet the CEOs for some of them. Yeah. Uh, just not all of them. And this one, I don't believe, yeah, we ever met. And yeah, so she's going to uh, come find the mysterious, find the missing daughter of the universe's most powerful SOB, uh, Atlas. Lilith forms an alliance with an unexpected teammate, Roland, uh, played by Kevin Hart, a former mercenary. Uh, former early mercenary now desperate for redemption as well as tiny tina played by greenblatt uh, a feral preteen demolitionist krieg played by moon to uh tina's muscle-bound rhetorically challenge challenged protector 
Tannis, played by uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, the scientist with a tenuous oh, yeah. grip on sanity, and Claptrap, played by Jack Black, a persist- persistently uh, wise-ass robot. Uh, these unlikely heroes must battle alien monsters and dangerous bandits to find and protect the missing girl who may hold the key to unimaginable power. The fate of the universe could be in their hands, uh. but they'll be fighting for something more, each other, based on game, <laughs> based on the game from Gearbox and 2K, one of the best-selling video game franchises of all time. So you're uh, telling me it's all about family. <sighs> don't, don't get me into this Fast uh, and Furious shit, bro. But yeah, it's just like... I don't know. I guess it kind of the the one thing that makes me think that it does sound like Borderlands, or at least like the first game. Well, I don't know. Each game kind of has this focus. Uh, the I don't know why the daughter of Hyperion like would uh, have a key to the vault or whatever, but like that sounds like what they're going for is like somehow she has a vault key, and they're gonna find that out and maybe I, I open feel the like... vault at some point. It, I feel like they're probably like going to make it specifically vault hunters. Yeah. I feel like they're going to probably make the girl Maya or something from Borderlands. She's like the Borderlands mm, 2 siren. I feel be. like that'd be interesting just to include one more. But it's like, it's weird because it's like, oh, here's two characters from Borderlands 1. And they're joined by the DLC character from Borderlands 2. Yeah, <laughs> And also weird. Tiny Tina because I guess they're like, oh, it's one of the most popular characters, I guess. That's um, probably the only reason why tiny tina is in this movie is like everyone it's, knows her they also probably want it to be uh, not hit girl-esque but they're like mm-hmm. hey here's a little girl who's basically psychotic yeah, and homicidal I see that. and uh that's yeah i would assume that's probably what it is but it's just an interesting combination and i don't know i think it's just like it's probably because I've never cared about the story and the games themselves. And it's yeah. really been a game I play because it's like, oh, my friends play it, so I'll play it. So otherwise, I've never been invested. And now it's like, oh, here's a whole movie of that. And it's not even from the same stuff either. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, I think like so many movie synopses, synopses or whatever. I think once I see a trailer, I'll have a better idea of whether or not I'll like it. But for now, I'm just like, I don't know. It sounds like it could be good or it sounds like it could be bad because it doesn't sound like it's really following the game that closely other than just having characters from the games. Yeah. But eh. I expect uh, violence and comedy. That's about it. Yeah. If they just have like a million billion different guns, that'll be funny, I guess. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a million guns, quote unquote. Uh, it's a guns great way legs. of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, moving on, though. So we have uh, more news on Joss Whedon this week. Uh, this one actually relating yeah. to this time Gal Gadot from the set of his version of Justice League with the reshoots. Yeah. And this is interesting because, of course, like uh, more so like, you know, we've heard everything from Ray Fisher and Gal Gadot. I feel she did say something before and it was very brief. She's like, you know, I had my own problems with him and I went to the people I needed to when we solved the issue. And I, you know, it was like, I basically took care of the problem. And that was all we heard. Whereas, you know, Ray Fisher, we have, it's been a lot more vocal. We've heard pretty much a lot in terms of everything. But for Gal Gadot, 
So we kind of got more details of exactly what happened with her and uh, everything on the set. And this is from a, a Hollywood Reporter uh, article um, by Kim Masters. Uh, the biggest clash, of course, uh, sources say, came when Whedon pushed Godot to record lines she didn't like. Uh, the record lines. Yeah. Uh, to record, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, threatened to harm Godot's career and disparaged Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins. While Fisher declines to discuss any of what ha- transpired with Godot, a witness on the production who later spoke to investigators say that after one clash, Joss was bragging that he's had it out with Gal. He told her he's the writer and she's going to shut up and say the lines and he can make her look incredibly stupid in this movie. Uh, knowledgeable sources Gal uh, that Godot and Jenkins went to battle, culminating in a meeting with then Warner's chairman, Kevin Sujihara. Asked for comment, Godot said in the statement, I had my issues with Whedon and Warner Brothers, handled it in a timely manner. So, uh, huh. yeah. And it, it says, like, as well with it, like, uh, knowledgeable source says uh, she had multiple concerns with the, the revised version of the film, including issues about her character being more aggressive than her character in Wonder Woman. Uh, she wanted to make the character flow from one movie to the next. Uh, and this I one really didn't do that yeah and hmm. apparently he even clashed with jeremy irons at one point uh so that's also interesting Man. you know it's there's just a lot there that happened i'm sorry that basically wasted time well, just trying to find i do that, wonder but. if this is like is this how joss whedon normally acts like he is just i'm the director i get what i want because that's that's my job or is it like wb came to him and was like we need you to fix our movie and like however many months do it we don't care how and he was just like i can't have any friction i can't have any pushback everyone needs to do what i say or else like this isn't gonna get done i think it was both Mm. i think it was both like it's like he's making up for that but also we've heard of what happened on buffy and you know buffy's not that at all it's not a movie it's a tv show and i think that's actually i think i was getting because there's dude there's been so much news we've had to talk about this and I think I got that mixed up with one of the Buffy actresses. I feel like he locked someone's door at one point. I feel like that's true. Uh, I don't remember that. Of the, uh, but, I, you know, don't take my word. Take, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt there, because I don't want to misuse anything, even though we, we know for sure this dude basically does some fucked up shit. And I definitely yeah. like do not like this man. Well, even but, if it isn't like just straight up abusive to be like, I can make you look fucking stupid in this movie if you don't play along. Like, that's just a dick move. And it's also yeah. just, it has an added level of skeeviness to me just because, like, when we were doing the commentary on the ju- the Joss Whedon version of Justice League, we kept noticing all the shots that like, were, like, very clearly focusing on Gal Gadot's ass for, like, no other reason than, like, get it? She's hot. That's why yeah. she's in this movie. And it's just, like, And I, I believe she weird. was against the scene where Flash falls on her chest. Oh, I can like, absolutely I- see that. <laughs> I believe that was also another issue uh, with all of it. And Whedon was probably like, hey, it's funny, you know? Ha, 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 ha. They do it in anime all the time. It's like, yeah, but that's a different medium, though. It's, it's different everything. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, more with that. And that's really all. Just another addition to the ammo against this man, if anything. Yeah. But, God, it's just... And, and, and another thing, too, we're going to be getting to there's more news about this stuff a little bit just different 
uh, it's more so about Warner, the more the Warner Brothers rushing things, because uh, we have something at the end of the movie TV show stuff to talk about, but we'll, we'll be getting to that uh, soon enough, but we'll just move on from there. And we've got next uh, our favorite topic, James Movie Delays. Yay. And this one comes on from Paramount. This one will be short. Uh, this includes... <laughs> can't believe this all right so you know paramount movies so the tom cruise movie the movie with tom cruise starring tom cruise top gun maverick has been moved from july 2nd of this year to november 19th of this year uh which then moves uh the tom cruise movie mission impossible 7 (laughs) (laughs) from that time at the same time yeah that was coming out november 19th has now been moved to may 27th 2022 uh so now we don't get that for another year uh, and also that then moves Mission Impossible 8, another Tom Cruise movie, uh, from <laughs> November 2022 to July 7th, 2023. Oh boy, it's on my, oh, you guys want to do for my birthday? Go watch Mission Impossible 8? Oh my yeah. god. Uh, the D&D, uh, when I say D&D, actually Dungeons and Dragons film was also moved from May 20, May 2022 to March 3rd, 2023. So they got a lot of different, um, uh, pushbacks here and there's another like untitled star trek movie that's been pushed back to june 9th 2023 whatever that is um there were other uh moves as well but not really we don't need to cover those honestly um but yeah that's more movie delays man yeah it's, it's you know now paramount it's like they're, they're basically doing full on instead of doing single-handedly we've been seeing like, at least for like months now the studios are basically doing an entire full on like change of their entire lineup instead of just one film. Maybe they should just put them on Paramount plus and call it a day. You really think Tom no, Cruise is going to let them do that? <laughs> I don't think Tom anyone gives Cruise? a shit about Paramount plus right now. Plus it's also like, uh, yeah, it's yeah. I'm sure it's got like, something good on it, but it's just like at this I don't point got time for it right now until a, a streaming service proves itself to me. I'm just like uh, another one. So what you're saying is until we get whatever Avatar content comes out, we're oh not getting it. Yeah. Yet. Is that what that's going to be? Because, you know, that's basically what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's the, you know, Paramount movie delays. There's, like I said, there's some more, but they're, you know, it's, it's whatever. I'm also like, I feel because the only reason we talk about the delays here is because we, we started doing it from the beginning of quarantine because it was actually pretty big back then. But yeah. now it's becoming so normal. I, I like I don't know if we'll keep continuing to talk about it yeah it's like since we mentioned them almost every episode it's just yeah it feels like oh well of course these movies are delayed like the dates are never final anymore yeah especially now and it's honestly i just thought my face just kind of frowns each time I'm like oh here we go again yeah. so we'll see we may not unless it's something really really big Bond? yeah dude don't it's coming it's coming in november it's not getting delayed again we're getting it we're getting the two movies we're supposed to honestly the two we were supposed to get right when it happened that we're finally going to get is quiet place part two and no time to die we're not we need to get those two fucking movies it's not even we need those movies uh but yeah we'll we'll see like i said if it's uh if it's something really big maybe we'll talk about it otherwise uh we're gonna try to maybe stop doing movie delay talk we'll yeah. see and keep it to the tweets or something uh wb news uh speaking of theaters though and movies so 
I believe, which I honestly, okay, I'm not going to lie. I thought that it was honestly only for uh, 2021 doing like, oh, all of our big movies are on HBO Max and we'll do theatrical for, you know, those when theaters open back up. But this whole hybrid format, I was not expecting it to stay, you know? Uh, I wasn't yeah. thinking we we're going to get these movies in 2022. And it looks like we aren't anyway. Like, it, it, pretty much uh, uh, in 2022, uh, this is from an article by Julia Alexander from IGN. But uh, they're big stuff. So, like, DC, Harry Potter, MonsterVerse. So, maybe we might get more MonsterVerse movies. Uh, will play exclusively in theaters for 45 days before moving to a service like, like HBO Max. Uh, apparently, and this is, uh, it looks like there's deals being made with like AMC theaters and probably Cinemark, I would assume, on uh, Regal and stuff. So I think it's like AMC Regal, but I feel like, you know, the others are probably working with them as well. But, you know, theaters are like, hey, we need your movies back in, especially now people yeah. are going to be back. You, you want to make money, don't you? So... They're going to probably do that. And then if anything, it makes sense to, you know, have those in theaters 45 days later, put it on HBO Max like that works. And honestly, for me, too, it was like I like Godzilla versus Kong. I it was like, cool, I could watch it for free on HBO Max. I really, really don't want to do that. I would rather go spend money in a theater and watch it. So I'm completely fine with this. I know some people might be upset and being like, wait, no, I can't. I have to actually leave my house for a movie. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> you have to go out yeah. um but it's not the, i don't think it's a big deal i think it makes sense i'm fine with going back to theaters yeah so. i that's the one thing i've been saying like this entire quarantine is just like the thing i miss most is going to theaters like i didn't do it that often but it was something i like to do every once in a while and especially i like to go into the alamo draft house with you because that that place is fucking phenomenal like yeah so if since I'm going to be completely immune in like a couple of weeks and you in maybe like a month or so or a little over a month and a half, if you're getting your first shot this week and then you have to wait like usually three ish weeks and then another we'll two see. weeks to be fully vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, yeah Almo like, here isn't even open yet, too. So we got time. That's the other thing. It's like they they were one of the. Uh, I guess one of the businesses that was like, yeah, we we're hurting for money too, but we'd rather not like kill our patrons. So yeah. Or employees. Yeah. We're not going to open. Yeah. And, uh, imagine the Batman movie, not in theaters, not in HBO Max. That's insane. That would, that's not going to happen. Imagine the rocks black Adam movie. On HBO Max and not in theaters. That's not gonna happen. That's 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 insanity. It's not gonna happen. I'm up for this, <laughs> bro. He that man just started filming that movie. That's not that's not happening. But all right. yeah, that's uh that's that. So yeah, I'm just you know, it, it was expected. We we knew this was gonna happen. Yeah. But that's not all, man. One last piece of DC 
news here or at least like you know warner brothers related stuff There's so much warner brothers stuff here I, I always feel like anytime warner brothers is in the news it's not for something good yeah. <laughs> anytime now it's always something bad and remember you know we probably talked about him a little bit during our kind of steel episodes uh chris terrio he's like a screenwriter and he's done multiple movies he spoke up apparently uh about warner brothers and the dc stuff and this is actually really interesting. So, like, he said uh, they did bother him with BVS. And uh, this is from an interview with him. And this is really interesting. So, uh, the Vanity, uh, Vanity Fair interview they did, uh, this is a quote. The studio seemed to take this position after Batman v Superman that my writing was too dark and this was their problem. Terrier says, but what they didn't mention was that, for example, in the draft of the Batman Superman script that WB had developed, which was the draft I handed when I joined the project, Batman was not only branding criminals with the Bat brand, he also ended the movie by branding Lex Luthor. And uh, Terrier says he went to the mat with WB over the sending, arguing that while Batman can begin the movie as this unrecognizable dark character, he needs to end it on a path to redemption a theme Terrio hoped to continue in Justice League. Mm. Uh, Batman has to see the error of his ways and remember his better self in the course of the movie. By the end of the movie, he needs to be the Batman we know, and he has to be ready to go and create the Justice League. You, so it you mean he looks has like... to be a, a recognizable and like... Uh, or what's the word I'm looking for? He has to be relatable and not just like a psycho killer. <laughs> yeah. And he also, this is interesting too, Terrio also cut original ideas like Superman raining hell upon black African Muslim characters in the desert after Lois is punched by one of her kidnappers early in the movie. Dude, I wanted to say to WB, I've been saying, I've been saving you from yourselves, Terrio says. I've been working with the director to bring a voice of conscience insanity to almost every perversely dark film you've been developing for years, but I'm the problem here. Yeah, I, I feel like having a scene of Superman just like slaughtering a bunch of innocent dudes would be like not a good look. Yeah, and he, he even says like uh, uh, he wanted to he signed on to write his experience on Batman v Superman. He, uh, he Despite his experience on Batman v Superman, he signed on uh, to write Justice League for a chance to write these characters with love and hope but the working conditions for that film were similarly complicated. For example, the Wonder Woman script wasn't finished when Terrio wrote Justice League, so he says he had no basis to write Wonder Woman or Aquaman, for oh, that matter. Oh, man. That would make yeah. this difficult. <laughs> so, uh, which, let's also be clear here, all these problems Terrio has is not with Zack Snyder. He said he worked really well with him. It was all with the just WB itself. Yeah. Because uh, he says, as for the Snyder Cut, Terrio praises Snyder for shooting much of his script in, intact and is happy to accept the critiques or praises now that it's his original version on screen. Uh, and he's like, uh, people, another quote, people do have problems with the version of the film, uh, that, but that I can take because it is actual critique of my work. It is an actual critique of my work. That's fair game. And that I'll engage with any day. People can quarrel with the movie, but at least they are quarreling with my version and with Zach's version of the film. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And this is, uh, so it goes on. So this is from an IGN article 
uh, by Jesse Sheedon. Uh, this is really interesting. So this is also still from that interview with Vanity Fair, though, but this is a quote taken out from it. Kevin Tsuchihara, as far as I can tell, and the brass at the very top decided the order of the films. I was not consulted on the order of the films, even though I was the person writing Justice League. They just determined that it was going to be Batman, Superman, then Wonder Woman, then Justice League, and then Aquaman. So there was never any thought to how the world was constructed before they issued the edict. They said, confirm, conform to this schedule. Oh my God, wait. So we were right? <laughs> when Every time we were like, man, it feels like DC had, or, or Warner Brothers had no plan for continuity in this universe. And we were so, right. <laughs> he's saying all they cared about was meeting the film deadlines. That's all they cared about. Uh, they didn't say anything about any continuity or anything like that. So defending Zack Snyder even further, like I told people on Cut of Steel, I fucking said it. <laughs> he had to work with nothing. He would to, he had to make this shit up as he went. There was no plan. There was no architect. There was nothing. This man had to basically do this shit in those time constraints. So they basically said, make Man of Steel, make Batman v Superman, make Justice League in these times. That's it. Man, yeah, no wonder there's like very and still pushback in the movies. Exactly, and then there's still pushback from them when he did. It's like all that shit. So there's uh, another quote here. The Wonder Woman script wasn't even finished when I wrote Justice League. So I had no basis to write Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman other than Batman Superman. The mascara didn't even exist. I was never shown anything Wait, on the page for it. I didn't know whether people could talk underwater. That was a thing that I had to ask because I didn't know if I could do underwater scenes with Aquaman and the Atlanteans. It was all just from scratch because there had been no solo character films. Oh my god. That seems like poor planning. Terry, Terry continued, so Justice League needed to establish three of the characters. It had to create a long game mythology for the DC universe. It had to resurrect Superman because he was dead at the end of the last movie. I just don't know how you could do all that in under two hours. Maybe the 2017 release proved that you couldn't. Yeah. So all those Seriously. complaints saying, hey, we had too many origins in Justice League. That wasn't Snyder and that wasn't Chris Terrio. That was Warner Brothers making them. Do yeah, see, like, <laughs> they had to do that. I've said this before. Like, it's like, you know, as soon as Zack Snyder came back to Warner Brothers and was like, listen, I wrote the movie that you want me to write. But if, I, if it's going to have all the things in it that you want, it's going to be like a four hour movie. They should have gone back to the drawing board and been like, you know what? No, that'll never work in theaters. We can't do that. Go back and like rewrite shit. Do whatever. Make it make sense. But like, instead they were like, no, just cut it. <laughs> we need to hit the deadlines that we made for ourselves. Dude, I just can't. Dude, these fucking dudes in charge. I can't. I can't deal with this shit. I can't believe this. It's. It's like I can't believe this. What am I saying? It's so believable that they would do that. It's. It's, so it's just. Oh my god, I. Y'all. <laughs> I canceled new gods in the trap. I can't believe these fucking people. They, they, it feels like they're not learning. They're, they're still after all these years. They're still not learning. And dude, like the, the idea that they canceled the new gods movie because Dark Side showed up in the Snyder cut, and they were like, we can't do uh, 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 Dark Side 
like so soon it's like what the fuck what are you talking about but that movie is not canon though it's <laughs> fucking but that is all of the movie tv show news moving on to our two gaming topics um this one shouldn't be too bad the next one will be a little bit worse uh starting off here guys e3 2021 and it's all digital it's coming we're getting it and it's going to be june 12th through the 15th and we have the appearances of these publishers nintendo capcom xbox konami ubisoft <laughs> konami take two interactive warner brothers and coach media hmm, okay there's uh of course three big publishers not here actually four if you actually uh okay well the the two we didn't expect sony yeah. and ea because ea has basically been like we want to do ea play blah, blah blah and so far that's been shit but we'll run our uh, own <laughs> show of nothing honestly they should have stayed at e they, they should have stayed at e sony can leave e3 i feel e so e bad e for <laughs> e i just still feel so bad for greg miller doing ea play like the year that anthem came out and he was just like hey uh is there like a life for Anthem in the future? The guy's just like, oh, we swear we're definitely going to work on it. We're going to make it all better. <laughs> it's just like fucking lies. Dude, I, I just, maybe he oh, God. At, at that point, but like it just didn't work out. Yeah, I just hopefully Greg doesn't have to do anything with them this year or Andrea Renee. I'm just like, I get they want to put them on there, but they don't work there either. It doesn't they don't work on there. It doesn't make sense. I I like them both, but it's just it doesn't it doesn't work just pick someone to do it and then show your shit make us if you want us to watch your fifa and madden that i'm gonna probably skip over you can do that but you know i'm assuming you're really just gonna show us battlefield 6 that's probably all they're gonna show us this year um i mean that's probably the only thing people are gonna be excited about at this point i feel like unless they show something from dragon age 4 but oh, yeah huh hmm. yeah uh but you know sony they're gonna do their own thing again you're going to get a big PlayStation event and it's going to be insane because you're going to get Horizon, Forbidden West, and God of War Ragnarok and they might announce what's coming in 2022. So we might yeah, start dude, seeing more like, uh, big reveals there. Whenever Sony starts to announce their like big hitters for the end of the year, it's going to be fucking insane because yeah, like we they have said so far that God of War Ragnarok is this year. That Horizon Forbidden West is this year. We don't know when. But, like, yeah, I can only imagine their, like, around E3 press conference is going to be insane. Yeah. Uh, as Besides those two, of course, though, uh, the ones we don't know about currently are, I would say the big three are Square Enix, Activision Blizzard, mm -hmm. and Sega. There's some others, but, you know, those are, like, the, the, the big ones that I would say, you know, what's going on with those. So we'll see if those get included or not. If we don't see Activision Blizzard, because I'll put it this way, they have BlizzCon. That's where you always find out about all yeah. their Blizzard stuff specifically. For everything else, let's look at it. Let's look at the past year. So BlizzCon had all the Blizzard stuff. So we're only looking at where would the Activision stuff be? And Summer Games Fest took care of that for the most part. Crash 4 and the Tony Hawk stuff was there. And all that's left is Call of Duty. And they did their own event, if I remember correctly, but I would bet you maybe that they'll be at the PlayStation event, if anything. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they were there instead. They said, you know, we're not going to be at E3, especially if it's only digital. Like, they would probably go if it was physical yeah. because, you know, there's they, they want to have their giant banner out in the front that they usually do every year. I mean, I'm surprised that uh, Nintendo's going because, like, they're they are known for doing like a really cool physical booth at E3, but like they haven't done a um like a, a stage presentation in years at E3. It's all been maybe direct. Maybe you'll get your Metroid Prime Four. Oh, God, I hope so. I, <laughs> I, I want that game so bad. Uh, but or, or I would even just settle for the metro prime trilogy on switch i just don't i want i want to play those games again for sure uh, but I, I feel like maybe then i don't know what sega i feel like sega they will probably say yes i guess they just haven't gotten them on board yet but i don't see why they wouldn't because it's sega square enix you know if they're making they did final fantasy 16 stuff at playstation last time maybe they're saving their stuff for playstation's event who knows but We'll also find out about that one later, too, I would assume. I feel like we're going to find out more people joining it because it's what we're in April and this is in June. So actually, wait, we're two months away, huh? We're exactly two months away. So I'd say within the next two to I would say they're going to lock it down in the next two weeks uh, and then we'll see from there because, you know, they have their um, they start rehearsals and everything else. They have to to prepare for that. But uh, yeah, I would I would assume in the next two or three weeks, maybe they'll get the last additions they need and final piece of news guys and this is probably i don't it could it could if proven true it could be the biggest news uh because this is it's more so not even the announcement itself but everything of what it means i would say so this is from of course jason schreier big dude at uh Bloomberg. Yeah, it does. This is a journalism. uh, This his title of his article is Sony's obsession with blockbusters is stirring unrest within PlayStation Empire. And then under that, the uh, it says a small team had big ambitions for a Last of Us remake, but Sony handed the work to Star Studio Naughty Dog. And it talks about it here. It's it's a it's not a too long of an article, but the gist of it is that. They're working, they were, and this is all rumored though. This is like he has, you know, Jason Schreier always gets sources. And if, you know, someone wants to leak something, they probably go to him because he gets the most coverage for it. So they get the word out the best way. But uh, it's interesting because it's like, okay, we just got The Last of Us 2 last year, last year. And there's a remake in the works, allegedly. And it's like it was done by a small studio that apparently does not exist there any longer. And it might be back at Naughty Dog. And Naughty Dog is doing a Last of Us remake. That entire idea is absolutely ludicrous. Like, here's the way I see it. Would I play a, uh, a version of The Last of Us that was completely remade for PS5 with like ray traced reflections on puddles and, and you know glass on the sides of buildings and stuff like that with like better lighting and visuals. Sure. I would appreciate that. Do I need it? Absolutely not. Cause like, well, no, 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 no. This is when this is uh when they say a remake. So there's a remaster and stuff. That would be that like the remaster it and stuff, but, but they the already remake, did that though. Yeah, but this would be like um, 
Okay, so... So, in my misunderstanding, it, it would not have been a completely redone from... I Because I thought it was like, this was going to be a remake entirely from the ground up with a new engine for PS5. So... Which, like, again, could be interesting. But you can literally already play the remastered version of The Last of Us Part 1 on PS5. Granted, it's a PS4 game, but it is still a very good game. It is. It's. I guess it's like... I look at it this way, because Remake can be very loose. It's like, did they, did they specify if it was going to just be like, oh, we're just doing all um, these updates, and it's like a remaster of sorts? I could have sworn when I was listening to this story on uh, Kind of Funny Games Daily that they said it was going to be a remake with a new engine and everything because like so as i understand it a remaster so resident evil 2 and 3 like and final fantasy 7 yeah so unlike um i guess the last of us remaster which literally they've already done where it's just like they don't change the game at all they yeah, it's just, just like, uh, it's just like resed up. It's improved yeah, it's just and like stuff. Now, now it is, it can run at a higher resolution, run at a higher frame rate because it's on a newer console with more power. Uh, but a remake is when you just start from scratch entirely and just um, yeah, build it I, up. Shadow of Colossus, yeah, basically, exactly, in like Demon Shadow Souls. Colossus uh, Blue Point game. Yeah, and okay, Shadow of the Colossus that worked. That made sense. That was from yeah, the PlayStation. Because it was a two. PS2 game, and they made it look absolutely beautiful. Demon Souls made sense. It was an earlier PS3 game, mm-hmm. and we didn't have anything on the PS4 at all. It was basically just it was non-existent, and it, it was, was a just thing gone. that fans had been asking for for a long fucking time because they were like, "Yes, we love Dark Souls, we love Bloodborne, we can't like we would love to play Demon Souls on our PS4s and PS5s, but we literally can't." A Last of Us remake. That game came out in 2013, if I remember correctly, or 2012, 2013. That was less than 10 years ago. That was on the PS3, which I get, you know, same consoles, uh, Demon Souls. But here's the, there's the big but here. It came out June Demon- 2013. Okay, so yeah, closer than I than I was, yeah. So Demon Souls came out like what early to mid PS3 life. Uh, I would say I guess more mid. Uh, was it 2009, 2010? 20, 20, was it 2010? Uh, but well, uh, we, we look for that. Apparently, February 5th. Right, cool. birthday. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. So that was four years prior, and the big difference here too is right after you have The Last of Us made at the very end of the PlayStation Three life cycle you get a remastered version Mm -hmm. that's on the PS4, which means it is backwards compatible with the PS5. Yeah, dude, it comes with the PlayStation Plus collection, which you get for buying a PS5. You can literally play it for free if you buy a PS5. I would understand if they said, hey, we're doing to Last of Us Remastered what we did with God of War and Days Gone or whatever they're doing for everything. Like, res it up and do that stuff. But an entirely new remake, it's like, okay... Demon Souls is probably the closest to like the edge of things where it's like, okay, this is like the latest one. It was 2009. That's like really close. But uh, Shadow Colossus, PS2, that was three generations ago mm-hmm. or two generations ago at the time. Resident Evil 2 and 3 were on PlayStation 1. Final Fantasy 7 was on PlayStation 1. 
Those were PlayStation 1 games. Like, that's a big difference. If you yeah. said, hey, we're, rem- we're remaking The Last of Us on PlayStation 7. Okay, I mean, uh, okay, maybe. Maybe, that's cool. Like, you could do that. But PlayStation 5? It's unnecessary. Well, we still are waiting... Well, we want like, hey, could we, I would, I would straight, if they asked me, hey, I don't know how, but you get to make this decision. Do you want a Last of Us remake for PlayStation 5? Or do you want like a Parappa the Rapper 3? I'd be like, yo, give me the fucking <laughs> Parappa the Rapper 3. It's a, you haven't touched that in forever. And there's, there's all of these IPs you haven't touched that you can put people on. Or make new IPs All-Stars. that are brand new. <laughs> I'm the there's only person who these- wants that. I want that. Honestly, I take it too, honestly. But yeah. it's like basically you have all of these older, untouched forever IPs that you can really reutilize, whether it's revitalizing them, remaking. You could remake those. You could just make sequels to them or you could just reboot them if you wanted to because they're so old and it's been a while. Uh, like It's just like we're still basically practically torch pitchforked out every day for Insomniac being like, Resistance 4, remaster, like, yeah, remaster, is- just fucking re- you could remaster the yeah. Resistance games and I would like that so much more. And even with that too, notice whenever we say for Resistance, we always say remaster, we never say remake. Because we're just like, dude, I'm good with just getting the remaster. I'm good with that. Like, if you if you did a remake, I would be like, for a second, be like, oh, well, what? I'd be kind of confused for a second because that's also three games. But, like, that's why I'm saying just give us a remaster. I'm good to go with that. Like, I'm that's fine. And I think Mass Effect Trilogy, it's remastered. Yeah. It's not a remake. Um, they did a good job yeah. with it, but it's like, there's not... I'm, I'm like pretty they, positive they it's not a remake, They are improving right? a lot of environments, but it is still pretty much the same. Even to the point where, like, there's one DLC that they literally will not be able to include because they lost the source yeah. file for it. If, it. if it was a remake, they would be able to do it because they just redo it anyway. It wouldn't matter. So it's like, it just shows that that's how you, I mean, I guess Mass Effect is a good example of how you properly do a remaster because you're like, basically, you're going to get your money's worth if you're going to buy that game again. You're getting changes there that are like, they're not changing the full aspect of the game, but you're seeing a big difference there. Whereas, like, Last of Us, dude, you just don't need to do that. Which, you yeah. know, brings us to into the actual other topics here. Apparently, and this is also still, like, alleged, but, you know, the Sony Ben, Sony ben pitched Days Gone 2 and, in 2019. And Sony said no, which means, you know, Sony Ben's working on a different IP. That's so sad. Because, like, I, I mentioned when I played this game and did like a full on review impression on it for uh, whatever episode it was, I said that like, Hey, it's not a perfect game. It's got a lot of filler in it. And there's like some parts that are boring, but like I can, I overall, I enjoyed it and I can see how they can make this like a phenomenal series with like all the criticism that, that people had for this game. And you know, if they, if Sony Bend listened to their community that's like, I like it, but here are the things that need that are not so fun. And if they took that advice and literally made it a more refined game, that would be great. And I also think I mentioned that they set up some interesting stuff story-wise, and it would be just so frustrating for them to set up some cliffhangers that I was actually legitimately like, whoa, that's interesting. I want to see where that's going. And then it's just like, nope, you're never going to see it. Yeah. And, you know, looking at this too, um, there's another like 
uh, article. This is more of, I guess, an opinion piece by Jonathan Dornbush uh, that comments about the uh, um, Jason Schreier article. And it talks about here, like, uh, this is interesting. So, but the report, like, uh, from Bloomberg suggests that Sony's upper management prime, upper management primary focus on blockbuster games that are too big to fail comes at the expense of riskier, more inventive projects. If the picture painted is an accurate one, Sony may be losing a key facet facet of its identity. That's not only been a hallmark of the company since its earliest days, but it, it is also directly responsible for some of PlayStation's biggest hits over time. Yeah, so I don't know if I entirely agree with that, that it's like too soon. I think it's too soon to say like Sony's lost their way because I mean, literally like a year or two ago, we got Death Stranding, which we did. It was like we did fucking insane and makes very little sense. But it's interesting and very different from many, many things that I've played in this uh, games industry or whatever. I don't know why I phrased it that way. But like, so it's not like Sony's not taking risks. Although, to be fair, it's not exactly risky when you're when you give Hideo Kojima a shit ton of money and they're just like, make us an exclusive game. Yeah, I think it's it's also just because that standard of blockbuster where it feels like potentially if they get too safe if you're looking at oh last of us remake no days gone Two and stuff where it's like you know maybe there are more new ips but they start doubling down on existing ones you're gonna see them go that route of nintendo which you know i know everyone praises nintendo and i I do want to play more of their stuff but at the same time you're like oh what's this year's same exact whatever game like it's like the not in terms of like gameplay style necessarily, yeah. but it's like you're just getting from the same franchise over and over and over, and that's Nintendo's. I mean, they switch things at up the end of the once in a while, though. Like how uh, Mario Sunshine was very different from Mario sixty four and Mario Galaxy. Oh no, for sure. And uh, Breath of the Wild was very different from any other Zelda game. But yeah, you are right. They do have like a set stable of games that they like know can make money. Yeah, it's like besides Splatoon, what was the last new IP they've done? And it's like oh, it's hard to even exactly. Uh, pick, and Pikmin, maybe pick the Although fucking Pikmin GameCube. Or, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> this is that's so bad. Yeah, so it's like you know Nintendo works though. You know, I mean Nintendo could just make anything. It doesn't even matter what Nintendo makes. People are gonna buy it either way. They could make a fucking trash can and people would buy it because they'd say Nintendo on it. People buy it for the name at this point. But hey, Sony, I liked my Wii U. <laughs> that's not a good thing anyway (laughs) sony like playstation doesn't and shouldn't go that route like if they do it's gonna be a bigger loss because at the same time they're not nintendo they don't have that same like charisma that nintendo has when they do that stuff because it's like you look at nintendo you get angry like your fucking graphics you can't do online your fucking thing is like outdated within a year and like your services don't make any sense and they go but you love us and they go but we do anyway and yeah. we're gonna buy the next thing uh. so playstation does that fucking <laughs> you're gonna see pitchforks and molotovs coming out of nowhere man like that's it's gonna be much different like it, it's funny too because there is a double standard i'm not gonna lie like sony has done some of the same things nintendo has done and people give them that shit that they would never give Nintendo. And it's insane when yeah. you see that side by side. Man, but it would be really a shame if we never saw like a uh, Order 1886 Part 2 or whatever. Order 1887. Are we going to? Are we going to see an Order 1887? I seriously doubt it. I don't think we've heard about Ready at Dawn working on anything in a long fucking time. 
yeah point being is it's just like i don't know be careful just you're seeing and i know they're completely different microsoft and sony like also microsoft has money they have so much more money than sony does they're completely different like microsoft has the big bucks so they can afford to do whatever they want which is why that gives them that easy advantage over sony with like game pass and stuff they can afford to basically not sell their games and give them for free with the subscription service that you know works for them specifically but you know it's that thing that you're also worried about at the same time where it's like what happens when it gets too good or powerful and then all of a sudden you're seeing questionably quality games on that service or something. Whereas like, I guess for Sony, you know, you've gotten these back to back like power blockbusters that are just amazing. And it's still just like, Hey, just, you know, you could still do what the others are doing, not necessarily at their level, but you know, makes make something where you're, you're working with your community, you're talking to people, you're showing it, giving us a face, someone that we can enjoy and trust and understand instead of like a robot woman that's on a PlayStation, uh, what it's called, PlayStation um, State of Play. And it's like, you know, it's fine, but it's just like, give us uh, a Major Nelson or something. Give us a Phil Harris, uh, Phil Spencer. Holy shit, I almost said Phil Spencer's name wrong. Uh, like, we're missing that facet of a human that we can really listen to instead of it feeling like we're talking to a robot, we're like getting stuff from a robot practically. Yeah, you know? I guess that's fair. I mean, yeah, I guess that used to be like Shuhei, but he's not really like Indies. Yeah. He's yeah. Like in, um, in charge of PlayStation Indies. So yeah, we don't really have like a face of the company anymore. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, Herman Holst is in charge now, have him at least show his face, yeah. show his face to people. I mean, like, shit, instead of Nintendo, it just being at like E3 or whatever. Like even Nintendo made a joke about the new like head of uh, Nintendo America being named Doug. Oh, Doug Bowser. Bowser. <laughs> yeah. That, that was like a whole thing. Like he became a meme and it was like, you, all they, they didn't even have to show his face. They just gave us a name and that the, the, the fucking internet did the rest of the work. Practically. Well, they had to find someone who possibly could uh, beat Reggie fils as, like, a living meme. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, my body look, is ready. Look at Xbox. Uh, they have a console that's a fucking fridge. Yeah, but, like, you still... And like, what they do? They made actual yeah, they refrigerators. There's actual mini fridges. And it worked. And Phil Spencer it worked is, and, like, a funny, personable guy. Yeah. Dude, I sort of entered that... Uh, there's, like, a Bing contest where you could get the Zoa Rock Energy Drink fridge, and it's an uh, Xbox Zoa Energy. Yeah. I, I straight up entered that. But anyway, uh, it's like, that is cool. It's like, what if what if PlayStation went... And Sony went, hey, we're going to make a new line of routers. Here's your PlayStation 5 router. <laughs> that would be so they, like, that would be hilarious. It's like, I don't know. They don't have to do that, because that's probably actually bad, because they'll be like, we're going to lose money here. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like, still work with people and make it so when you hear these announcements it's like news on top of news where it's like hey you remember that baseball game you're making and it's coming to game pass and you know we're not gonna play your baseball game on your own console it's like dude what's happening right now you're you're getting like l after l right now besides like all right right now playstation plus is win after win but in terms of press it's l after l right now at least in the past couple months or so for sure and like i just you know, start, start, just start talking, start showing your face. That's, that's all I'm saying. And also please tell us that last of us remake isn't actually happening. Don't waste our time with that. Like yeah. put your resources to something more useful. 
I mean, again, like I said, it's not like I wouldn't play it or appreciate it if they made it look super phenomenal and made it look amazing on the PS5, but it's just, I think the reason why Dark Souls or Demon Souls remake worked, why um, Shadow of the Colossus remake worked, and why this one is, what like this one people are losing their minds over is as a bad thing is like, people were asking to be able to play those games again in like, better versions or just like at all no one is asking right now for a remake or a remaster of the last of us because they you literally can already play it it's yeah it's still good but that is all the news we have for today cool and we got about 30 minutes or so uh, but a little bit less i'd say to talk about stuff but james we got time to talk about what we've been watching and what we've been playing uh we can actually do that isn't that exciting yeah isn't that great uh should i go first or should you go first Um, i could talk about something real quick okay so i started watching this anime on um uh hbo max at some point because i i saw like a clip of it on youtube and i was just like wow the animation of this show is like fucking insane and like i just want to know what leads to this moment like because it's something where like i couldn't understand what was happening because it's you're watching like the last scene of the show out of context anyway it's called the god of high school and i for the life of me could not tell you why it's called that because huh it's like okay uh the main setup for the show is like it is a martial arts tournament exclusively of high school students Oh no. But like the it also involves like each one of them is maybe a um a god of some sort or whatever. It's it's so confusing cuz like not everyone has the powers of a specific god. But it's like at a few episodes in, like the organizer of the tournament explains to one of the main characters like what the point of the tournament is. And it's literally just to, like, force people to train to be, like, the epitome of what you can possibly be. And if you do that, uh, you might unlock the same powers as, like, legendary figures from history. Because, like, they became legendary somehow. So why couldn't someone else also be, like, just as powerful as them, like, later on Mm. in the future? But then it's also weird shit where, like, one of the main characters, she gets the powers of like Lubu from like what Dynasty the hell's War- a Lubu from oh, Dynasty Warriors? Wait. Like that, what? yeah, that Chinese warrior who's like, and she's just like, it's Lubu, which makes no fucking sense because like the entire time before then, she's fighting with like a sword. Like her her thing is like she, her father taught her like her family's specific brand of like sword style, but then when she unlocks her like god power it's a dude who uses a spear and i'm just like what the fuck that makes no goddamn sense like the main bad guy seems to have the powers of like a shark like he straight up seems to be able to summon shark ghosts to just eat people oh yes (laughs) and it's just so funny because i'm just like wait a minute can can everyone see what's happening right now because if no one else can see this shark then they just are seeing some dude getting like eviscerated in midair like with nothing and it's the no one seems confused so i guess everyone can see it and like 
so it just it makes no sense and at a certain point they just like stop doing the tournament because they're like oh okay i guess we achieved like godlike powers so we don't need to finish the tournament anymore uh and it, it ends with the main character uh god i can't even remember his name uh he finds he unlocks his god i think they called these powers like chariot powers and i i don't understand why i'm I'm sure it means something. I, and I think this is actually specifically a Korean animated show. Oh, uh, interesting. So, and that's why there's like a, it takes place in like Seoul and stuff like that. Um, but the main, the main character finds out he is like the embodiment of the monkey King. And huh. he is like, so that's the thing. Like the final fight in this uh, season is like him versus some dude who like the, the shark guy somehow turns out his real power is the ability to just consume other powers which makes no fucking sense and comes out of nowhere so like silar from heroes kind of so like at a certain point in the show some other character unlocks the power of the nine-tailed fox which is also apparently like the key to heaven and so there's another group of bad guys that are trying to stop this tournament and they're trying to find the key to heaven so they can like literally end all reality and so they try to capture the nine-tailed fox guy and then the shark guy's like fuck that i'm just gonna eat his key or whatever and now i'm gonna have the power of like god or whatever and then like monkey king guy just like beats the shit out of him <laughs> like and it makes no fucking sense like his his size changing changing staff like comes out of fucking nowhere like out of space and then he's just like oh i remember this is mine and he's just like shrinks it down to the regular size of staff and i i, I don't want to keep rambling for too long but but basically the i don't know if I, it was really worth it to watch like the entire season just to get the context of this one amazingly animated final fight because the final fight is like phenomenal like the set the music the sound effects like there's this one moment where uh, the main character, he like spins his staff around and like catches the other side and it, it, the sound it makes when it slaps against his hands and then like hits the bad guy on the other side. It sounds so cool and it's just, it's a very satisfying fight. But even with the context of the rest of the season, I'm just like, man, that still doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Dang. <laughs> uh, and then they they set up some interesting shit for the next season, but it's it's one of those things where like, man, I don't know if I want to bother to finish it or to keep going when the new season comes out because like, man, it makes no sense. And this is on Netflix. It was on uh, HBO Max. HBO Max. What what is this called again? The God of High School. And again, God, they the never hell? go to high school. It's just it's a tournament of high school students. Like. There was one interesting moment where there was someone in the tournament who was, like, in his 30s or whatever. And they were like, wait a minute, but, like, you can't possibly be a high school student. And, it like, it was actually a really sweet moment where you find out that, like, he is actually in high school because he, like, failed out of high school long ago. And then, like, a friend of his finally encouraged him to just, like, try, go like, you know, taking the entrance exams and finally going to school and finishing his degree. And it's just, like... Yeah, like, don't give people shit for going back to school, like, way later than they normally should be. Because, like, who gives a shit? They're trying to better themselves. They're trying to learn. Like, don't make fun of them. 
So I don't know. Damn. That I, that was one moment in the show that I was like, eh, I like that that they were like, yeah, not everyone is like quote unquote high school aged just because they're in high school. Like there are people that go back. Granted, he should be just trying to get his GED or something. I don't know how it works in in South Korea, but uh, I don't know. It, overall, it's a well animated show, and the fights are really cool. It's just the the story makes no fucking sense. Yeah, it's real interesting. I don't <laughs> even. I was like listening each thing. I was just getting more and more. I was like, what the fuck is he talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> fucking. It's very confusing. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I, I'm i not going to think about it. I'm going to be honest, after this, I'm probably not going to think because no, I'm just like, there's so much. I'm like, you know what? I, I got enough stuff. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right. My time. Uh, you ever watch Patriot Act on Netflix with Hassan Minaj? No. Uh, it sound, I've heard good things about it, though. So, it's similar to i guess you could say like daily show and um colbert report and like other stuff like that i guess whatever the ones that all the spinoffs that they did now with john oliver and um i forgot the other guy's name but uh noah noah something anyway uh trevor noah that's his name um i kept forgetting but this show dude is probably the best of any of these shows i've ever seen easily easily i was not expecting it to be this good and this informative. Like each episode I watched, I was like, oh, this is, I'm not like watching something for entertainment. I am watching something because I'm getting actual education from this. I'm getting all these facts about news and these companies and things like that. It was very, very interesting. And it's six seasons. So it spans, you know, a good amount of years. Um, it stopped already. They canceled it, which I'm sad about because I'm like, dude, I could I could keep listening to this guy each season. If he does more stuff, we get more stuff from it. But they did some stuff during the quarantine. So like the last season is uh, not with a live audience of people. It's very much like him in a uh, empty studio. So there's no laughing people anymore because people were actually laughing and being like, oh, shit and stuff like that. Uh, now it's like, yeah, that last season, nothing like that at all. And he doesn't try doing laugh track shit or anything else like that. But it got canceled, unfortunately. And I think he was very happy with what he got to do. But it's still just like, dude, I, I wish he kept going with it because it was so fucking good. Because it, it covers all these different topics. Everything from big corporations to set things in laws and politics to other foreign policy. Or like stuff with like India and other countries. Uh, stuff like, I think with, honestly with China and stuff. He, he covers so much even to the point where there's like environmental stuff with clothing and how clothing actually harms the environment and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not saying you should be naked or anything, but like uh, it, it, it gets into a lot of different things and the amount of topics like, dude, there's stuff about cruises where I was like, oh, shit, there's cruise ships I won't go on now after listening to this, some of this stuff. It's insane because uh, there's like all this stuff with maritime law and all this like uh, you can get punched by somebody. In like over international waters or something, and when you like you can't, uh, there's like certain rules or something. So like a dude could get away with some shit in certain parts. It's like really weird. I I was just like, wait, what the fuck? When they were talking about stuff, I I don't know how to describe it, but it's just, it's crazy. And one of the best um, episodes is like stuff on Amazon, and it's like 
why they get to get away with what they do get away with. And it's like, oh, because uh, uh, convenience. And it's like a thing where he says it and I believe it too because I'm like the same way where he's like, you know, they do all this stuff that's bad. And it's like, but am I really going to go against them? Because right now it's really convenient to use Prime. And I'm like, dude, it is convenient. I'm not going to stop using Prime either. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the minute, the minute that convenience leaves, you're going to get angry at what they do. It's like that kind of thing. Yeah. And he he goes over all these different things. And I would just like the like, there's nothing I want to go into big depth on besides just saying like each episode, you really learn something important. And, you know, for some, maybe you won't get too much. But honestly, I'll say like, I feel like one episode per season, there'll be like an episode where you're actually going to be writing stuff down or being like copying the links he's sharing because it's like, oh, I feel actually motivated to potentially do something about something or, you know, stop buying something of this product or anything like that. Like it really does inspire you and influence you to like do something Mm -hmm. and support a cause and things like that. It really does give you that feeling. And the thing too, is he relates to us, especially because he's our age. Like he's a little bit older, but he's like, what seems like an like an, a 90s 80s kid like he's like late 80s early 90s uh born and he is a, he's pretty he's a millennial like he he's one of uh our generation and he makes a lot of sense to the point where i think he actually spoke at the senate at one point talking about education and college tuition and things like that and not as a comedian but like as an actual advocate and he made some jokes while he was there, which is actually really great. But, like, he made his points across being like, hey, this is why it's different than what it was before and why you can't say, like, uh, well, I didn't have to, I had to, like, pay for everything back then. But it's like, dude, do you know how much it costs back then versus how much it costs now for college? So he, yeah. like, goes through all this shit and it's amazing. So I'd highly, highly, highly recommend if you can watch anything on Netflix, watch Patriot Act and just watch a little bit. See if you resonate with him. But for me, I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to listen to I'm going to watch each episode he does and listen to it and see if there's anything I can get from it potentially that helped me be better with the world, environment, whatever, anything like nice. Yeah, it really I definitely helps in morals. I got to uh, give that show a shot because like I, you know, I like I said, I've heard good things about it, but it, like that you make it sound like I really, really should watch it for sure. It's you really should honestly. It, it, you like just uh, I would say even because the minute the episodes are like thirty minutes. Oh, that's not that bad. And there's not that many in a season. It's like eight episodes in a season or something oh. or like six. I forget. So you can get through them pretty fast. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, Patriot Act. Uh, there's six seasons. It's really dope. Um, I still got thirty five more movies. Uh, do you want to go next or should I keep going? Uh, yeah. You should probably do a few to my uh, one. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, I'm going to take off one of 1984. We already talked about that. Get that out of uh, here. Did we? Because uh, I haven't crossed it off my list yet. Oh, we did. Okay, then we didn't. I'm going to keep that. You want to talk about that real quick? <laughs> let's save that for the. Let's save it for now. Let's. Yeah, let's I feel like we now. might ramble about that for a while because oh, yeah, God, there's so much wrong. Instead, I'm going to talk about something completely different, like Terror of Mike and Godzilla. Uh, Ooh, very timely. So. Yeah, uh, more, you know, been doing those Monster Movie Thursdays, as usual. And the last, the, the next two on this list are both mecha movies. One is The Terror of Mechagodzilla, and one is King Kong Escapes. So, Terror of Mechagodzilla is actually really cool. It was, like, the last Showa-era Godzilla film. And there were 15 films in that era, so it's, like, late 70s when this came out. And it's really cool because 
you just had Mechagodzilla in the previous movie, and he nearly kills Godzilla along with like another monster named like King Caesar as well as like Anguirus. Like he just basically is insanely powerful. You've, we've had like a lot of Ghidorah movies, so this is like, oh, here's another big monster, and like this is where Mechagodzilla becomes like that staple villain besides Ghidorah for Godzilla and stuff. But Terramaki Godzilla is really cool because it's got like a psychic girl who has uh, a psychic connection with a monster called Titanosaurus, who's this underwater monster that has like a weird laugh that's like, and it's it's like kind of funny. And uh, it's a, whereas the Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla movie, you have Godzilla and another monster teaming up to fight Mechagodzilla. In this movie, you have titanosaurus and mechagodzilla teaming up to fight godzilla and you know they're still bad and the aliens in this one are different they're not the same aliens as uh the ones from the previous where it's like these monkey ape aliens uh controlling mechagodzilla this one's like other forgot about (laughs) yeah these dudes are different they got these crazy uh outfits and helmets that are like almost like wings on them and antennas and shit it's really cool their outfits are like really interesting but there's a girl that's like half cyborg inside. Like she's got some mechanical insides a little bit because of uh, uh, they had to keep her alive because the, the father is like a mad scientist. And in order to keep her alive, they like, yeah, they merged her with like parts of like robotic oh, shit. Yeah. And her name is like Katsura. So the whole, like a lot of the movie, it's just all these different characters are like Katsura, Katsura, Katsura. <laughs> and, uh, it's like love and all this shit and she has green eyes at certain points because she's like controlling the monster and it's really cool huh. but uh, yeah it's it's a really fun movie of course Godzilla wins uh, but it's it's another fun you know kaiju fight and it's just one of the it's a very it's I think it honestly it's the only one where you have two monsters it's the only Showa era movie where you got two different monsters teaming up against Godzilla two on one because usually it's like the opposite. It's like other monsters teaming up against the big villain, or it's like an even amount of monsters. This one is the only one where you're like, oh shit, good luck Godzilla, you got two against you. But really good time. Uh, the other one being King Kong Escapes. So this is like a kind of spin-off sequel to the King Kong versus Godzilla movie. So this is like a the Japanese take on a solo King Kong film. And this one is hilarious because it's like the whole point is, hey, we need to capture Kong for mining purposes. <laughs> uh, these people are mining in like the Arctic and they're trying to get this crazy new elemental metal and they can't get through the ice and then they get this Mecha King Kong <laughs> and they, for some reason, designed it like King Kong. They're just like, hey, it's a Mecha monkey. And they try to use that to get through. And it doesn't work. And there's this woman from like another nation that's like funding it and everything else. And they're like, it's not working. What if we got Kong? Okay, yeah, let's do that. The so, <laughs> yeah. So you have like these some people that are actually exploring. They're like naval officers and stuff. And they like have to stop at this island, if I remember correctly. And they uh, find Kong there. And it's like a mixed crew because it's like, I think both Japanese and white. And it's like the three main characters. It's like this Japanese guy, this white guy, and this white lady. And of course, Kong sees the white lady and he's like, oh. (laughs) And she's like, (laughs) she's like, ah, shit. You know, he grabs her and does all the Kong shit. 
But he starts listening to her all the time. She's like, put me down, Kong. And she's like, a, you know, she's a, she's like a naval lieutenant or like uh, she's a medical officer, if I remember correctly. But like she's able to tell Kong what to do a bunch of times. And this is also an interesting movie because it's the intro to another monster. Uh, Gorosaurus, for those that don't know, he is only in this and in Destroy All Monsters. He's like a t-rex version of godzilla where he's like straight up just looks like a reptile he looks i guess like it's he's supposed to be akin to like the the t-rex that king kong fights in the 30s movie in the peter jackson movie um but he's like a t-rex monster so he's like godzilla without the atomic blast and the spikes and everything else like that he's just like a a lizard t-rex and his cool thing though is he can do like cool jump kicks so you're just seeing him doing these jump kicks on kong until kong like opens his jaw wide enough that he starts just foaming from the mouth and dies. And Whoa. you're just like, oh shit, Gorosaurus, no. Oh my god. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Kong gets kidnapped, gets mind controlled. They put, like, a device on him to start mining and then he <laughs> breaks out. And then there's, like, a fight basically between Kong and the Mecha Kong. It's honestly a really fun movie. And, dude, it's, I don't know, I don't think it's on HBO Max, but it's, like, a $10 Blu-ray. Like, it's not one that's hard to find. Hmm. So it's, like, pretty easy to get. If people wanted it, but yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. It's a fun time. Uh, the characters are honestly pretty fun and ridiculous at the same time. So it's just like another one of those. But I would say it's one of the better one shot kaiju movies that are like it's like a spiritual sequel, but it's not necessarily like, you know, it, it spins off of King Kong versus Godzilla. But it's, it's definitely a good time. Uh, let's see. Uh, should I keep going or do you want to get back to uh, another one? I could probably do like one more really quick one. Um, cool. so a while ago, I guess, keeping with the Korean movies, I watched a movie on Netflix <laughs> called hashtag alive. And it was an interesting survival movie where like zombie apocalypse, but like, what if you followed someone who literally just was like in their apartment alone at the time that the, uh, like zombie plague happened and they literally are just like, well, I'm not going out there. I just have to find some way to survive off of what little food and water I have in my apartment. Because, uh, like, so the, the way they set it up is, like, this guy's family was, like, out at the time or whatever. And they, like, they call him at some point before the phones go down saying, like, hey, don't go outside. Like, we found a safe place for now. But, like, just just take care of yourself. Please stay safe. And he, like it's interesting because he starts to kind of like lose his mind a little bit. Cause he's like just so alone and like eventually the TVs start, uh, stop working. Like everything, uh, goes down. Uh, so like he has no way to see what else is happening outside the world, except for literally going out on his like balcony and seeing that there's like hordes of zombies in the streets and stuff like that. Um, he has like very little food, most of his like eventually the water gets cut off too so like all he has to drink is literally his like father's alcohol uh collection or whatever so he's just like he has a little bit of fun with that getting super drunk off of like good gin or whatever or good whiskey oh my he's god just like whatever dad it's all i got <laughs> fuck you and like eventually he notices uh some other lady like literally across the street uh in another apartment building who's like also surviving in her own place and they figure out ways to communicate with each other and they set up like a, a zip line from one place to the other so they can like pass things back and forth. And it's just, it's interesting to see, you know, 
that I guess this version of a zombie apocalypse movie where they're not trying to escape and, you know, get to safety. They're just like, well, eventually someone will come for us. We just have to like hold out. And I honestly, like, I don't remember exactly how they end up surviving. Uh, I guess spoilers. Uh, it's, <laughs> uh, I just, I feel like you're not that interested in this maybe, but like, well, I don't know. It's, huh? <laughs> it's, it is an entertaining movie, but it is also pretty boring. Cause it's like basically one or two settings for the entire movie. And I mm. think they just like, eventually help does come for them. And it's just like, Oh, I guess we could just go back to our lives now. Nice knowing you or whatever. And it's just like, man, that's kind of depressing. That's just like, he had a chance to start a relationship with this like lady from across the street that like they clearly seem to have like some interest in each other or whatever. And he's just like, Oh, you know, uh, uh, I guess things can go back to normal now. Goodbye. And it's just like, I don't know. I just, I thought that was a little depressing of an end to just be like, and then everything went back to normal. I'd rather be alone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. Good, good movie. Just like, it's an interesting, different take on zombie apocalypse of like, just hunker down. Interesting. And like, survive with what you've got. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's always interesting to have a new take, especially just because it's also a, a, a genre that's very overused at this point yeah. i guess with walking dead being an eternal constant now or three fucking shows and movies coming but like oh yeah. my god i'm glad i stopped watching uh let's just say that but yeah no it's that, that's interesting though for sure uh i think it's like because i already uh for me in korean movies i'm like good so far with um train to busan like that yeah, was that's a fucking good time to talk about <laughs> uh, okay that oh it'll, it'll really be fun good. Yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, there's a second one. I'm not sure when it comes to. I'm yeah, hoping it'll it's come like to Netflix. the Peninsula or something. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that. That should be cool. But all right, uh, let's see. You ever watch New Girl with Zoe Deschanel? Oh yeah, I I didn't watch the whole series, but I was like super into it for a few seasons. Yeah, so I watched it a long time ago. Uh, I remember watching it. I think as it was coming out, if I remember correctly, or a little bit after. But I made it to two seasons, and then I fell behind. It was, like, the same thing with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I was, like, watching them both, and then I somehow fell behind on it. And I never got back to it. Like, it just never happened again. And, uh, like, I'm currently still... I've been doing, like, a... Because I have a shared Netflix. Uh, a lot of the streaming services we got share with our family. Like, different... I, like... Uh, I think my mom has Netflix, where it's, like, my sister has Hulu. And I have Disney Plus and HBO Max, and uh amazon prime video and stuff so we share you know share everything back and forth but for netflix uh there's only a certain amount of people on so like i'll be watching that but then my sister will call me from like new york and be like get the uh, fuck off i need to watch <laughs> and i'm like fine whatever so i made it so brooklyn 99 is my backup on hulu now so i all jump off netflix all right jump on hulu watch brooklyn brooklyn 99 or something but anyway uh back to what else uh new girl i haven't watched it in forever so i jumped on and was like where did i leave off and i went and like started chatting kind of like skimming through season two episodes not actually watching them but just seeing like oh what's this episode about I'm like okay i watched that and then i got to like the finale and i'm like oh i did so i watched the entirety of the first two seasons but i stopped right there so i'm like oh how many more are there and it's like oh there's seven seasons and i'm like oh shit there's four se there's like five seasons i never watched 
So, like, I got through them all over time. And that was, like, one of the shows I was doing, I think, in the fall or winter. I can't remember. It was winter? It was January? I don't know. Was sometime either at the beginning of this year or the end of last year. But I, I went through it all. And, dude, it was consistently good. Like, cons- I'm not going to talk about each individual season. But, like, they maintain the relationships with the characters. Like, it never gets stale. They always have something new that's going on. And the characters seem fresh the whole... Like, they pretty much stay fresh. Like, there's always new stuff. Or sometimes they'll find out something new about each other. Or it's like, they're about to do something stupid. And everyone knows what... Like, they're like, oh, we know how you're going to be in this situation. You really shouldn't do this. Or, hey, you shouldn't tell this person. Because you know they're going to... Re- they're going to... Uh, react in this specific way and you know it's gonna happen and you know everything always unfolds and then like comedy ensues and all this ridiculous shit happens and it it just maintains that great formula while still growing because you watch all the characters like you know uh what's his face coach i think comes back uh after a while so you have like multiple characters there and some characters are like sharing rooms and stuff. And I think one character moves out at one point. Yeah. And there's there's all this ridiculous shit that, that, that keeps happening. But eventually, you know, like each one like finds someone special and they start integrating some of those characters into the show too. And kind of like adding more cast to it. And, uh, you know, sometimes they go out with specific characters and uh, some like new characters. And they're actually recurring for like, I don't know, maybe a few episodes to a season. And it's always just fun to see that happen because you kind of see some people come and go, but it keeps things alive the whole time. But honestly, it's just, it's so good. It's like, it, it stays full wholehearted. It stays full, like whole, fully wholesome without ever just losing its traction, which is yeah. fantastic. I just, I remember really liking very early in the series. They like the first episode is like, whoa wait but you're a girl you want to be roommates with like three dudes like isn't that like awkward for you she's like no i just need a place to, to live please and like they very quickly just start to look at her like oh no she's just like a good friend of ours and not like i mean granted she does eventually ha- uh, start a relationship with nick which is like super cute because he's like really bad at uh expressing his Nick's bad at a lot of things and he's also really stubborn at a lot of shit yeah it's just it's so like their relationship is so funny and i just i vaguely remember jess just like constantly being like a mess over everything and like just zoe deschanel is so good at like reactions like i just thought she was so funny like the one episode i definitely remember is like the at some point they're all fighting over the one uh parking spot for their apartment and like they all refused to leave the, the spot for like hours i think they ended up uh just giving it to jess because she was like i really really need a win right now it's just yeah it's a really sweet show and i i really liked all the characters they, they are very funny each one yeah um and dude the ending is a good payoff too yeah. it's like it's funny because they do a I'm not going to go too much, but they basically do a full... It's cool because the final... If I remember correctly, the final season, they do a full flash forward. I forget how many years. It's like uh, six months to a year or something. Or six months to two years. I forget how long the flash forward is, but it's really cool. And then uh, it ends with like a lot of cool stuff where it's like, oh, okay, cool. So this is where all these characters are. And even then at the very end, they do a full on flash forward. 
like you're like more years ahead where it's like oh dude there's so many kids in this group of friends like they have so many kids like put together it's crazy um but it's it's just so it's so good honestly if you need a show that's like just it makes you happy to watch and it's funny very and you don't funny and you don't have to worry about the quality dipping ever it's just like a consistent thing then you could definitely watch that uh, it's seven seasons, so you might want to take some breaks anyway if you want. But yeah. otherwise, it's just it's a great time, it, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's insane to me that M. Night Shyamalan, like, got he used Zoe Deschanel it for uh, The Happening. And her character in that is just so fucking weird and inhuman. <laughs> and, but, like, that's clearly just his directing because Zoe Deschanel played a very interesting, relatable human being and in uh that in new girl like yeah so it's just really fucking weird yeah no definitely um honestly like it's so far the only other show that's like bit late honestly the show it crossed over with it they, they had a crossover at one point with brooklyn 99 oh, i forgot which about was kind of funny and dude, that's the other i would say that's the other current show that that show is i believe still current dude, but it's yeah, uh they, they're taking a break for like a little while because of the um pandemic and stuff but yeah like, yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine is one of my favorite comedies in a long time. That show is just so consistently hilarious. Yeah, I'm still catching up on it, but when I do finish catching up, we'll I'll definitely talk about it here next, uh, eventually too, because that's okay. gonna be great. But uh, I guess that's time, right? Yeah, we're at an I think hour. We're and good, half, just about. Yeah. So you talked what like two things, right? Yeah, two things. You see the two Korean things, and then I got yeah. a. I got four things off my chest, so not bad. We got a we got a bit out of there, so that's cool. And I think hopefully, you know, we'll see how news is next week, and we'll see yeah. what else we can get through. Maybe I'll we'll knock out some more, but yes. All right, guys. So this, of course, has been Sutra Side Talk. I hope you enjoyed episode ninety four. Our like I said, it's nineties, so we're always doing a special theme for the nineties episodes because we're nineties kids. So it's nineteen ninety four. In nineteen ninety four. Beanie Babies came out. So this will be uh episode 94 Beanie Baby Stocks. Yeah. I think will be uh the the good uh the good uh title there, right? Yeah, if you were in one. middle school in the 90s, you definitely remember everyone fucking had to have these these things. You know, that ghost was pretty the the, the Princess Diana baby was pretty valuable and so was that ghost Boo. I think you still have that one. Probably somewhere. Correctly. Yeah, I wanted that fucking ghost so badly. It was just a, I don't know why. I think I was those. just like, I want the ghost. Yeah, dude, remember McDonald's had that shit? The, the teeny beanie babies? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was like a worldwide sensation. Dude, that was crazy. All right. Uh, if you want to write into the show, you can at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com once again. And you can send us any feedback, positive or negative. Any comments, like I said, on our format, how you like it so far. If you don't like it, whatever you want to say. And, of course, if you have any questions you want us to read on the show, you could send those in and we'll... We'll read them on the show and see how that goes. Otherwise, of course, you can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at Suture Side Talk. You can support the show uh, just, of course, by subscribing, following, liking, whatever it is for that platform you're listening on. That'll really help us out. Give us a five star review if it's like, you know, Apple podcast or something like that. But, uh, you know, share it out to people. Uh, word of mouth, uh, online, whatever you need to do, social media. And of course, when we do a tweet or share a, uh, put on a, uh, a post for an episode, if you share that to your stories or retweet us, that really helps us out too. Just kind of gets us more coverage there to other people, uh, since this, of course, is a free podcast. 
And you can follow James on Twitter at InvaderJim124. And you can follow me on Twitter at GoGoComzilla. We'll catch you guys next week at episode 95. And I can't wait to figure out what the theme from that year will be. What a great time. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs>